So I'm a little conflicted right now, people. And I feel like as the movie progresses and ultimately when, you know, when I do a rating at the end of the commentary, I'll figure out if this is what I want to label it as. But I'm I'm saying all that to say this. I'm debating whether I want to classify this as a forever defending edition commentary. Now, for the initiated, I did, you know, for the uninitiated, y'all know what it is. But for the uninitiated, I meant to say. I started a couple years ago, you know, this forever defending edition, you know, whether it was a review and a look back on certain movies or whether it was a commentary, whatever the case may be. I think the first go round I had with forever defending, it was an episode where I was breaking down everything that I defended about Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And that is still something I stand on to this day, man. I got, you know, y'all know I have an unpopular opinion. But, you know, like I always say, it's not to be a shock jock. It's not to be an edgelord. It is just genuinely how I feel about certain movies. I know I did a forever defending commentary for Spider-Man 3. I remember seeing that in the theater. It was one of the best theater experiences I had. Um, even though I went to the theater to, um, you know, to see it with a couple friends of mine at the time, I it, it, I still spaced out, man. I, I just was in love with everything that that movie had to offer. And then some, I did a forever defending commentary for Alien Resurrection and, that is one that a lot of people probably don't understand, but I know there's a few like-minded, weird motherfuckers out there that understand exactly why there is so much to be loved about Alien Resurrection. It is the it's the cartoonish, you know, the most cartoonish version of Alien that we've ever gotten on screen, man. And I just love the way um, Jean-Pierre Jeannot, you know, his camera angles, his his CG and practical blends that he puts together on screen, man, how he handles the characters who are basically just space pirates, the cast he put together. I can go on and on. There's a couple more movies I put on my forever defending list, like, uh, you know, Popcorn, Cherry Falls. I actually did commentary for both of those, if y'all want to check those out. And um, Poltergeist 3 is one of them I haven't gotten around to. But this one, this is, uh, this is, this is actually, as much as I defend this movie, and as much as I don't hate it as much as everybody else does, I can see why this is considered the beginning of the end for what we knew as the original Batman series, uh, the, the live action Batman series, man, because we had Batman 89 fucking classic movie think i did an intox commentary for that. I don't remember if it was for that or Batman Returns. Don't remember, but I did commentary for both. And, you know, you had Tim Burton back to back bangers for me. And, you know, to go back to Rob Zombie's Halloween, too. That is what Batman Returns uh, is for Tim Burton. You know, it was when Tim Burton, I feel like, you know, he kept everything as close to the vest as he could with that first movie while making it his own and bringing it, you know, introducing it to the world as far as a live action Batman movie goes. But I feel like Batman Returns is where is the one where he was like, okay, now I can take the gloves off. I can introduce the Red Triangle gang and I can have the the motherfuckers snatching up babies in the middle of the night to drown them in the sewer. I can have penguin armies with, with rockets attached to their fucking backs. You can have all the sexual innuendo between Penguin and Catwoman or Catwoman and Batman. You can have it sprinkled all throughout the movie. Not even sprinkled, but just slathered all throughout the movie man i'm telling you the sexual innuendo in batman returns is 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 the shit of legends man i love that movie but then you know warner brothers and the suits came up to tim burton and was like bruh you uh you're kind of putting us in, in between a rock and a hard place right now they couldn't even sell toys 
you know, because of how dark the movie was, they had to redesign, go back to the old versions of the Penguin and Catwoman. They took a couple liberties. I remember those McDonald's toys back in the day, but they couldn't they couldn't merchandise the film because it was so dark and kids were terrified of the Penguin and what they were doing. The parents were upset. So they went to Tim Burton and Tim Burton even says in an interview, I don't remember which one it was, but he says, you know, you know, he, he told Warner Brothers, like, you guys don't want me to do the third one. And they kind of like, no, 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 we do. But, you know, so Tim Burton kind of stepped down and he serves as, I think, producer or executive producer on this movie we're about to get into. But in comes Joel Schumacher. Now, Joel Schumacher, um, you know, he directed I mean, he would later on go to direct uh, Jim Carrey again in uh, the number 23, which is probably one of Joel Schumacher's best and most underrated movies, in my opinion. He would go on to direct Fallen Down with Michael Douglas. Joel Schumacher is not that He's not a bad director at all, man. God rest his soul. He he's a man of, of of many talents, and he's given us a lot of good works on screen. I just feel like the Batman franchise. I, I don't know if this was necessarily his fault, and I really don't want to go as far as to say he wasn't the man for the job. But this was a complete shift in tone, you know. And that's why I said this was. I, I can see why people and 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 myself called this the beginning of the end, man. Because the shit we got afterwards. This movie is responsible for the film we got afterwards, but but there's a lot to defend in this movie, man. It's not all bad, and I feel like what better way than to do uh, what can possibly be a forever defending commentary than to, uh, you know, break it in on Jim Carrey's birthday, man. First of all, Jim Carrey, you know, in Living Color, Fire Marshal Bill, whoever, whoever, whatever character you wanted, he was playing that character, but then he became a star, man. Like, he was, Jim Carrey was like, the box office bully you know how arnold schwarzenegger was coming out with banger after banger after banger sometimes a couple times in one year but just year after year um that was jim carrey you know dumb and dumber the mask this movie me myself and irene like i said the number 23 is an underrated jim carrey performance he's got a couple movies i haven't seen though uh like i haven't i do got to go back and finish watching eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and uh, shout out to Draco Mays, man, because he put me onto that movie, actually. And I remember I remember DMing him on Instagram when I was watching it. And I'm just like, yo, this shit is this is different. Like this is layered. So I'm going to have to really go back and pay attention to it because it's not what I expected. I started watching some of the Truman Show. No, I've never seen it. I know it's blasphemy. That shit was getting a little wilder than I expected. So I have to finish that. And I've never seen um, I've never seen Man on the Moon. I've never seen Dark Crimes. But I don't mind Jim Carrey when he's doing serious acting or, or or dramatic acting for that matter. Hence why I love the number 23 movie so much. But, you know, uh, other than Jim Carrey, who steals the show here, you know, anytime I watch this movie, I'm in it for Jim Carrey. That's how I felt as a kid, uh, even when I was interested in this movie back then. But now, you know, there are th- there's more bright spots than I I feel like I give this movie credit for majority of the time. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face in this movie is not one of them. Uh, the the older I get, the more I dislike Tommy Tommy Lee Jones's portrayal as Two Face. It's just too fucking much. He's trying to outshine Jim Carrey. He's trying to be the Joker. I, you know, do you want to outshine the Riddler while by playing the Joker while you're playing Harvey Dent? It, it's a mess, man, and it's it's almost too cartoonish for this movie to the point where you can't take him seriously. Yeah, he gets to shoot a couple people in this movie, and he gets to have his menacing moments, but I just. I'm just like, you know, wipe the fucking makeup off your face because I just I just don't take you as a serious villain for the majority of this film. However, Val Kilmer, my man, Jim Morrison from The Doors, that's probably one of my favorite Val Kilmer movies right there. And one of my favorite roles of his. No, that actually is my favorite role of his when he played Jim Morrison. He did a fantastic job in that. But Val Kilmer, 
you know, while a lot of the Batman stuff is a stunt double throughout the fight sequences, I think Val Kilmer is a very solid Bruce Wayne, man. I don't know if I'm alone here, but that's something I will forever defend is Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. I feel like he he plays it well, you know, in the sense that he is a billionaire, but he's a bit, uh, you know, socially awkward and he would prefer to be anywhere other than where he's at you know he doesn't really care to be around these people at these you know these these uh you know these galas and the met ball or whatever the hell you call it where he's got to just show face he just wants to you know build some traps and shit and and and, and maybe you know uh, try to hook up with nicole kidman who plays chase meridian in this movie who is whew, whew, man um michael go or is it michael golf i'll be calling him golf because it looks like how you spell cough, but whatever. Michael Goh is in here. Recipe shout out to him. Alfred Pennyworth. It is not a Batman movie in this original series without his character. Chris O'Donnell will pop up to play Robin. We'll get to Chris O'Donnell as the movie goes along because I still don't know how to feel. Drew Barrymore pops up in here. Debbie Mazar. Uh, Pat Hingles in this movie. You got a couple of faces in here. I'm kind of pissed off that Billy D. Williams did not come back for this movie. The original plan, uh, before we get into this, because we're almost nine minutes into this intro and I'm rambling. But the original plan was Robin Williams was attached to play the Riddler at some point, which would have been crazy. Gina Davis was going to play Poison Ivy, which I think would have been fucking amazing casting. And Gina Davis, like, I don't know how many people catch on to this or give her credit for this. Her lips qualify her to or qualified her to play Poison Ivy. I'm sorry. I was watching uh, the Fly remake a couple days ago and I was just like, yep, she could have played Poison Ivy. Marlon Wayans was attached to play Robin. And I know a lot of people don't like that idea, but, um you know, the more I see G.I. Joe to rise of Cobra, the more I backtrack and I say, yeah, Marlon Wayans would have been a, a solid sidekick. And people forget Marlon Wayans can act his ass off. They don't give him enough credit for that. And Billy D. Williams was supposed to come back as Two-Face. And, you know, for anybody that wants to bitch about race swapping, they clearly race swap there because Billy D. Williams in this timeline, in this universe, it's the same characters. You know, it's just different actors playing Batman, but it's the same shit. If that's the case, they wouldn't have the same actor playing Commissioner Gordon or Alfred. So yeah, they race swap Billy D. Williams, whatever, neither here nor there. I'm just saying, if y'all want to call out race swapping, y'all got to remember that, you know, Tommy Lee Jones replaced Billy D. Williams. So there you have it, people. But this is uh, streaming on Voodoo, people. This is the standard theatrical run-through for Batman Forever, just in case y'all are tuning in. And y'all know if y'all are tuning in, y'all are the true to the reviews MVPs. I had to hit my cup of coffee against the table just now just to let y'all know that. And honestly, I'm, I'm hoping they release the Schumacher cut sooner than later, man. Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Can we get the Schumacher cut? We need it. Uh, I feel like what Joel Schumacher's intentions were were completely fucking different than what the studio did. And I feel like they didn't want to they didn't want to um, inject any more darkness into the movie than we had in the previous two. So they kind of trimmed it down. You know, we didn't get a lot of the shit that Joe Joel Schumacher originally wanted. So I know it really wasn't his fault how this movie turned out. But we'll see if we can forever defend batman forever people let's get into this commentary uh you know in honor of jim carrey's birthday today i will hit the play button in three two one <sighs> i'm not gonna lie to y'all i feel like that might have been one of the best intros i've given for a superhero movie and it's funny because i told myself that i was going to stay away from the super i didn't want to do any marvel or dc movies for a good while for like a couple months I'm just all, you know, DC can't seem to get it together, at least not yet, and Marvel is just all over the place, so I was trying to stay away from it. But here we are. If 
I sound a little stuffy, people. I've been congested all day, literally. I don't, I don't, I, I have no idea what it is, but we'll get through it. Not a bad intro. Nice title cards and shit, you know. I feel like I'm like smiling now because I, you know, it's going to it's going to plummet into darkness throughout the movie. But I, this is going to be we're going to make this fun. I promise y'all. Now the next movie, if we do decide, I'll let y'all decide. Y'all can send it in if y'all want um, commentary for Batman and Robin. But I'm telling y'all now that's going to be an intoxic commentary. There's no way I'm watching doing commentary for Batman and Robin sober. Also, let me say this, man. The Batmobile in this movie is pretty fucking cool, man. I'm not even gonna lie. Let's see, here we go. The intro to the goofy shit, man. I'll get drive through the bat nipples. And, you know, it isn't really until you look hard enough that you can distinguish Michael Keaton from Val Kilmer here. And even, look, even the set design is just everything is just so played up for for color. You know, the cinematography in this movie is so different. It's so bright is so obnoxious and it is just such a it's such a switch man like imagine if tim burton you know his movie the first batman movie was dark batman returns was way darker imagine what he was going to do with that third movie i would have rather i would have preferred he got to make the third movie and then they were like all right that's enough because you could tell like you could tell Tim Burton was using miniatures and matte paintings and, you know, things like that. He was doing little camera tricks to, to create Gotham City in, in his own, you know, in his own world. Joel Schumacher does it here, too. Like, there's matte paintings and miniatures and shit like that. But it's the, the look of this movie just makes it feel even faker. Like, I, I don't know, man. And smiles, another day of wine and roses. In your case, and Tommy Lee Jones, man, Tommy Lee Jones is an amazing actor. Don't get me wrong. And you know, to be fair, Jack Nicholson's an amazing actor too, but he was definitely going crazy with that Joker role. But there were still moments in the original Batman where Joker scared the shit out of me, man. Especially that that scene where he's getting his bandages taken off. That's terrifying. But Tommy Lee Jones, I like I I, I just I just don't know, man. He's like, I looked on Wikipedia. 
naive, but insightful. I'm flattered. Not every girl makes a superhero's night table. Can we reason with him? He's holding him. <laughs> she hoarding his shit. <laughs> Her kink is different, man. Look how she's sizing, but she's eye fucking Batman right now. In a world where normal rules of right and wrong no longer apply. Exactly. Like you. Well, let's just say I could write a hell of a paper on a grown man who dresses like a flying rodent. <laughs> who are you talking to? Aren't rodents, Doctor Meridian. Really? I didn't know that. You are interesting. They call me Chase. Whoa, let me turn that motherfucking volume down. That wrecking ball was a character in itself. These goons just look ridiculous. I'm listen. I'm I'm going to try not to say bad shit. As soon as I said that Batman showed up, he knew he knew I was struggling. Man, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I really had to be fair here because in my mind, I'm thinking um, this was actually a nice nod to that guy coming towards Batman in the first movie. Um, in my mind, I'm thinking. I was about to get a fight sequence like Batman versus Superman, the warehouse fight, or even the Flash, when Michael Keaton whoops ass in the, um, wherever the hell they're at, rescuing Supergirl. But I do, uh, I do appreciate that Batman, get, his fight sequences are, are evolved for the most part. Like, he gets more to do in this movie. He gets a lot more to do, even you know, at the expense of like bad special effects at times. But at the time when this movie came out, you did have to appreciate it. I mean, you didn't have to, you you know, y'all know what the fuck I'm saying. God damn it. Um, so, see, the moment this shit started spilling in the movie, I spilled my goddamn coffee. He's got piercings in his eyebrows? Come on, bro. 
I'm not piercing my face. I don't care. It's just not gonna happen. Hearing aids don't work like that, Batman. I don't give a damn who you are. <laughs> he put that shit. He put that shit to the side of the safe. He's like, this will work. Nah, Bat. <laughs> I'd have been like, Batman, first of all, I know we got out of the safe, but it doesn't work like this. What are you doing? Could y'all imagine if Tim Burton got a chance to come back and make a Batman movie? Like a direct sequel to Batman Returns? Bring back Michael Keaton. Even though he just did The Flash. But he was great in The Flash. He was one of the best parts of the movie. Bring back Michael Keaton. Bring back Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, bring back Christopher... No, Christopher Walken. His ass was Kentucky Fried at the end of that shit. Bring back Danny DeVito. I don't care. Sue me. And let Marlon Wayans play Robin. Fuck it. Let's go crazy. Let's go true direct sequel with it. This is what I mean by even at the expense of bad special effects, they gave, they gave Batman more to do. Like he's literally swinging from a out of control helicopter. Third eyes use what does that say? Aqua wash? What the fuck does that say? Now how did Two Face know he was gonna survive crashing through that? You thought. Now, I don't know if Danny Elfman did. I, I highly doubt Danny Elfman did the score for this movie. But there are some musical cues in this movie that I like a lot. Like that one they just played when, uh, when Batman got on the hood of the hood of the helicopter. Is it called a hood? I don't know. Club. How many of y'all remember the club, man? I remember my mom had one of those. But I feel like nowadays, if you put the club on your car, motherfuckers will just break the steering wheel off and put like a PlayStation controller on it and just still drive your shit off the block. <laughs> what if his parachute just didn't work? And you gotta love how Gotham's got its own knockoff Statue of Liberty. Despite a valiant effort last night by Batman, 
See, I don't know if this this is I don't know if this is a matte painting or these are miniatures the way they're doing these shots. Um, but you can see they're kind of trying to go with the likeness of the same Gotham City Tim Burton created. You can tell it's just somebody else behind it. The look is altered. <laughs> the man of the hour, people. So let me ask y'all. Um, out of all the Jim Carrey roles y'all out there have seen, is this top five for y'all? Top ten? Does it not even make the list? I know there's a lot of people that don't like Jim Carrey's version of the Riddler. And I understand. Some people prefer Paul Dano. Um, I personally prefer Jim Carrey. This is what I would imagine... Uh, on screen, like a live action Riddler to be. I'm gonna need that handbag, Ed. Oh, yes, of course. I'm sorry. It's just that. Jim Carrey is the only, he's probably the only actor in here where him being over the top 24 7, damn near, it works for the character. It's okay. So, Mr. Jim Carrey also has what I think might be the best scene in this entire movie where. He opens up the door to his apartment, and then he kind of goes off screen a little bit, and then we still get a shot of how tiny his apartment is, how much shit is in there, and then they're playing that song. I feel like that could have been a way darker sequence, showing Edward Nigma's apartment, but I, I love that scene, man. any TV signal directly into the human brain by stimulating neurons manipulating brain waves if you will this device makes the audience feel like they're inside the show it's this regular TV isn't it? By an well he basically had a he basically had the oculus before it was the oculus yes but someone like you would never need Someone so intelligent, witty, charming. Bruce Lane's like, oh shit, they need me. Trials. Let me show you, please. Now listen, Ed. I want a full set of technical schematics on this, okay? I want you to know we'll be full partners in this, Bruce. Look at us. Two of a kind. You call my assistant Margaret, she'll set something up. Uh, that's not... Mind manipulation. This is the same shit Val Kilmer's character would have gone on to do in the movie Mindhunters. If y'all have not seen Mindhunters, now Val Kilmer is not in the movie a lot, but that movie is crazy underrated. I don't remember if I did a review for that or not. I think I had planned to years ago, uh, but I never got a chance to. Really solid fucking movie though. Rennie Harlan directed it. I love this scene here where he's about to go into the Batcave. I love this shit. 
Chair. Chair. <laughs> That's some baller shit right there. This I don't know about. Uh, this looks like when you go down those slides, those water slides, and I don't know how many of y'all saw the video on Instagram. Somebody went down the water slide and got stuck. They stopped. Wasn't enough water coming through, and then they got stuck. But how do you get out? And it was on a cruise ship. Nah, not doing it. I'm telling you, people, I, I, I cannot let this congestion be a problem for this commentary. Shit is a pain in the ace. I also, um, I love the suit. I'm not gonna lie. I love the, you know, bat nipples aside and all that bullshit. I, I like the suit a lot. Um, the Batmobile and the suit, I feel like, don't get enough praise. It's his Achilles heel. It can be exploited. I know. Called me here for this. Damn. That signal is not a beeper. Well, I wish I could say that my interest in you was purely professional. You're trying to get under my cape, doctor? Can't live by it's like, seconds. it's like drop your shoulders down, let your guard down, bruh. What is it about the wrong kind of man? In grade school, it was guys with earrings, college, motorcycles, leather jackets. Now, she's like now murderous psychopaths. Try firemen, less to take off. <laughs> I don't mind the work. Pity I can't see behind the mask. We all wear masks. Bruce Wayne got a thing for these blondes, man. Vicky Vale, Selena Kyle, Chase Meridian. I don't know who the hell that chick is and that that uh, George Clooney's got in in Batman and Robin. She's non-existent. She is just like not hardly even a character in that next movie. Don't you? You like strong women. I've done my own. But ain't none of them finer than like. Don't get me wrong. Nicole Kidman is fine in this movie, but. Man, I went back. I think Tubi's got both Batman and Batman Returns. Kim Basinger in the first movie is just god damn it. I saw the signal. What's going on? Um, and then you got Michelle Pfeiffer who just gives you that sultry. You almost shouldn't even be talking to her because you know you're gonna get yourself in trouble, and you know she's trouble, but you can't help it because she purrs like a cat every time y'all are in front of the fireplace type of thing. Bruce Wayne's got good taste, man. Yes, he does. Women. I mean, even in the later movies, uh, you know, the Christopher Nolan series, uh, Katie Holmes, I've always liked Katie Holmes ever since Dawson's Creek. Um, then they replaced her with Maggie Gyllenhaal. I could see the likeness, but no, she's no substitute. And then in the last one, they had uh, uh, Talia Ghoul. I can't remember that actress's name, but the chick from Public Enemy. So that Bruce Wayne's got pretty good taste, too. Bitch! Knock this ass out. His eyes would have started watering. You ever pull a fucking mustache hair off? At least I don't think it will. What are you doing? 
This just goes to show what type of different villain, uh, you know, Edward Nigma is, man. He is, he's out of his mind. But he's way more tech-savvy than any of the villains that we've seen prior. You know, Joker was... Joker was a gangster. Um, Jack Nicholson's version was a gangster. And he was... You know, he was out of his mind. Penguin was like a crooked, murderous politician. That is all... That's gotta be all improv, too. I'm not going to say, uh, I wonder how much of the script Jim Carrey read. I wonder how much of the script he he followed through with. You know another movie that Jim Carrey puts this type of energy into, and it's one of the reasons why I, the the, the first one and the second one were big surprises for me. Well, more so the first one is a uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, when he played Doctor Robotnik. Um, he is the only human character that I think should be kept should have been kept around in those movies. I don't I don't like Tika Sumter in the movie. I don't like James Morrison. I don't like Neil McDonald. Uh, I don't like any of the human characters. I love Sonic, Tails, Knuckles. Everybody animated is cool. Jim Carrey, like he he he's amazing in those movies, and he's a great Robotnik. I just feel like in the third one, make him put him in the fat suit, make him classic Robotnik, because the world needs classic Robotnik. Great. What the hell just happened? A very surprising side effect. Well, you were mesmerized by my 3D TV. I utilized your neural energy to grow smarter. Bruce Wayne was right. You demented... Edward Nygma's got the same fucking hairstyle as, uh... No, it's a little shorter, but... What's that... What's that kid's name from, um... Children of the Corn, the one that kept saying Malachi he's got the same hair, almost same hair because Malachi I like that music cue right there let you know that things are not going to end well for this guy As far as the look of this movie, it does kind of fit with uh, even the last two. And kind of, as much as I don't like Batman and Robin. Um, do y'all notice, like, comic book movies in the 90s, they they had a look to them that looked as, looked as if they jumped right off the page of a comic book. Batman, the first three Batmans, and to a certain extent, Batman Robin, those movies are examples of it. Darkman is a great example. 
Uh, even though I don't think it was based off a comic book, I think that was Sam Raimi's original creation, which is even better. But Darkman looks like it's straight out of a comic book, um, which works in his favor. The Crow looks like it's straight out of a comic book. Dick Tracy, which is, I know it was a box office bomb, underrated fucking movie. Uh, the Shadow, I just went back and watched the clip of The Shadow, and I definitely want to give y'all a commentary for that at some point in time. I know I said I don't want to do a bunch of superhero movies, but some of them I can make exceptions for for y'all uh and spider-man no way home is definitely one of those because i i looked at i was looking at the numbers yesterday and um i see that spider-man no way home is it's still one of the highest you know the most listened to episodes and y'all did that so i feel like that commentary is a no-brainer this guy him and the black chick from the abyss they pop up in the next movie too that was a nice little thing they did <laughs> i couldn't possibly continue on here the <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> Motherfucker just ran through the window. <laughs> Goodbye, cruel world. It's a pretty definitely suicide. Thanks very much for your help, Ruth. What a great Sherlock Holmes Commissioner Gordon is. I almost called him Carl Grissom, but I think that was Jack Palance's character. You are my number one a guy. Yeah, that damn sure is the black lady from the Abyss. I don't know that actress's name, but I like her. It's not that bad. It's a riddle. Numbers on my face. 13. 1 through 12. <coughs> the answer is a clock. Who would send you a riddle? That may. Oh, is this the sequence? Oh, tell me this is the fucking sequence. I think it is, man. I love this sequence. This really might be the best sequence in the whole movie. I'm sorry. I love it, man. Subtle camera work, but I love how he just goes off screen at this point. Off screen. Right there. God, and his apartment. He's a fucking lunatic. Look at his apartment. It's literally, when they say people have shoebox apartments, it's literally that. This whole, uh, you know, sequence of him just, you know, using the glue and putting the letters together and making this, you know, making this, uh, this riddle to send to Bruce Wayne. This is such a great sequence, man. I feel like if, if, if they ever, I mean, technically they did remake Batman Forever. 
Uh, they put the Riddler in uh, Matt Reeves as the Batman, but there should have been a sequence like that. But I guess it didn't fit the tone of the movie. And I feel like that sequence should have went on for another five minutes, honestly. How did he get the question mark to be just so pristine on there? That is a great looking question mark. I'm not going to lie. This right here, this is probably the only time they filmed on an actual street. Is every camera angle like tilted? Does it does it make y'all when y'all watch this movie? Does it make y'all like tilt y'all head like how I'm doing now? Cause I I don't I can't I can't figure it out. I'm sorry. Bruce Wayne's like, oh no, someone's in trouble. <laughs> this fucking he grew you know he grew spider senses. He's like, oh I'm in the wrong movie. <laughs> find it weird that he just was just you know was able to just knock part of that door off sorry he's like sometimes i don't know my own top gun strength <laughs> and she's just shaking her head like yo what is your deal man i prefer healthy expressions of violence as opposed to breaking and entering so, how can I help you, Mr. Wayne? You can keep that outfit on. Oh, okay, yeah. And keep that oh, hair tied up. Love letters. I, one of my office and one last night at my home. I, could Mr. Gordon tell you might give me your expert opinion? Clock. Clock. Scratch my head. Once was red is black instead. I don't know. Oh, oh! I almost said a pimple with my stupid ass. My opinion this letter writer is a total wacko. Wacko? Is that a technical term? Patient may suffer from obsessional syndrome with potential homicidal tendencies. Does that work better for you? So, would you quote that out of your book or something? This guy's a total wacko. Exactly. He's obsessed with you. His only escape may be to purge the fixation. You know what's crazy is... I, I know we're not that far into the movie yet. But just watching it now, uh, this movie is... Even through the goofy shit that it has to offer throughout... It is good to watch. Like, it's... It's to be taken seriously in moments like this. Like this, it's decent acting. Then they introduced the Rorschachs, and you know the fact that the first thing Bruce saw was a bat, and then they introduced how he was having nightmares of of that big man bat looking thing. I'm telling you, man, Joel Schumacher. I, I feel like what he originally had planned for this movie was wild. You look so sad. The Malaysian Dream doll. Like, there's things introduced in this movie that th that has so much potential to to make for a completely different film. Not exactly what you seem, are you, Bruce Wayne? 
And I'm not going to say fuck Warner Brothers for, you know, tampering with Joel Schumacher's original vision. You know, because they just, you know, more recently in in recent years, they did the same thing with. uh, They did the same shit with David Ayer's Suicide Squad, man. And he can't even he's having the hardest time getting his, you know, his version of it out, man. Excuse me. And into a black dress. Tell me, doctor, do you like the circus? Okay, so ladies. If a man, whether he's rich or just working class, if he says that to y'all, what do y'all say? Is that y'all idea of like a first date type of thing? Would y'all go to the circuits? But I, you know, the Schumacher cut, I I remember doing an episode a while back and there's a bunch of different director's cuts I want to see and I, I know we'll probably never get. Like I want the Schumacher cut of Batman Forever. I want the Savini cut of Night of Living Dead 1990. I want, and we're definitely not going to get this shit, the Beekler cut for Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. We're not going to get that because Paramount burned all of the footage. Fucking bastards. Uh, I want the air cut of Suicide Squad. Okay, how much did they pay you to announce? The Flying Guy! Everything had an A at the end of it. Chris O'Donnell, ladies and gentlemen. Chris O'Donnell. Uh, I cannot tell y'all my favorite Chris O'Donnell movie or role. Probably this one. I used to think he was the coolest dude in the world at some point when this came out. Though I'm not going to lie. like Being a kid watching this, that scene where he's, he's washing and drying his clothes... apologies people if me blowing my nose was very loud i hate fucking sinuses man i don't know if y'all are getting like snow or ice out there but it's snow like a couple days ago and then it just froze over i'm telling y'all every movement was squirrel oriented out there for me man like i'm I'm like okay left foot right foot left right left telling you i I cannot fall on this on this on this concrete out here knock on wood i can't do it What was Commissioner Gordon the fucking was he the third wheel or something? I almost didn't even notice him. Who told you to put eyeliner on, sir? Without the safety of a net, yeah, that's my cue to leave because I don't want to be witness to that shit. I had to knock the announcer out. He didn't even do anything. And Robin's dad, he's like, you got this, son. Even though we never even practiced this shit at home, you can do it. God bless trapeze artists or whatever you call them, because 
the cojones on these motherfuckers to do this type of work is insane to me. What? Come on, man, slow down. See, that's how animated Tommy Lee Jones is. He sounds like he's speaking Spanish. He's like, what's it? And the audience is like, uh, we would be scared, but we don't know what the hell you're saying. title imagine what Tim Burton would have done with the two-faced look man it would have been way different this looks so oh shit that's uh that's George Wallace I did not know George Wallace was in this Come on, Bruce. <laughs> Save everyone. <laughs> you picked a great time to tell him you were Batman. He's like, we could stop him. We've got no weapons, no nothing. Let's just use these ropes and wires. Nah. I wanted that coin when I was a kid and nobody thought to think to themselves like wow this this Bruce Wayne's got to be one of the best fighters in the entire Gotham city shit They were falling so <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I know his family just died, but they were falling so gracefully. What was that bomb made out of paper mache? How the fuck did Robin is that strong? Robin to the rescue. He saved the day, people. There's no blood. Everybody's body's perfectly intact. 
everybody that fell anyway it was sad though like seeing this as a kid i was like damn man he lost his he lost his entire family in this one you know you can see you can see why he was hell-bent on 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 murdering two-face and i'm not gonna lie it still kind of pisses me off that batman would not allow him to do it I, I you know i guess he didn't want him to become a murderer but batman's a fucking hypocrite in this movie because he's murdered plenty of fucking people plenty of people i guess it was one of those types of moments that they did later on in a comic book movie what they did with um with spider-man no way home where tom holland's peter parker was about to murder green goblin cold blood he's about to stab him with the with the, uh with the you know the hoverboard whatever the fuck that thing is called and toby mcguire's batman just or toby mcguire's batman i got the bronze it, it must be the multiverse people on the tutor reviews podcast it's the tutor verse but i you know toby mcguire spider-man stopped him from killing him he's like you don't this ain't what you want kid there's a room prepared for you upstairs but perhaps you'd like to get something to eat first okay i'm out of here excuse me I figured telling that cop I'd stay here for a while saved me a truckload of social service interviews and charity, so, uh, no offense, but no thanks. See ya. <laughs> Take it easy, Al. Take it easy, Al. You the man. And, uh, yo, the older I get, the more it does get on my nerves. Like, you can you can understand why Dick Grayson is the way he is. He's very bitter. He's 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 resentful. He he's he's guilty. He's vengeful. He's a lot of different things. But the whole rebellious young kid thing is just like it's it's such a fucking tired trope. I'm out of here on my motorcycle and my earring because I'm cool. It's like hang out at a lot of biker bars, Bruce. He's like I actually own all of them. Baller shit. <laughs> yeah, I got premium and unleaded. Whatever you want, right in my garage. That's filled with these fucking expensive cars. Do any of these cars have tops to them? Wow. I'm telling you, man. Like, there's, like I said, mo the mo it's like the moments where Batman, Robin, where none of the villains in costume are on screen. Those are some of the best moments, unfortunately. This is a Vincent Black Knight. I say unfortunately because it, it is a Batman movie with villains and a sidekick, but fortunately these moments are great because these are the things I can defend for sure in this movie. Someone were to fix them up, they could Anyway, have a nice trip. Sure you land on your feet. I love that. That's the kind of the pump fake like well I'll just toss this away then perhaps the dogs are hungry I love it hey Al wait up I love that Bruce and Alfred were on the same page it's just like oh well I guess you don't want to stay in this you know multi-million dollar billion dollar mansion and eat this good food huh love that shit
this was um this was a nice callback to the original it took some liberties with how they recreated it but i didn't mind <clears throat> um you know every third movie has to hark back to the original but this was this was definitely cool and then you do see the joker like a young jack napier with the gun same type of gun almost the same build of of actor so this was uh this was pretty decent to see i know a lot of people hate to see it now like i feel like there's been so many different versions of batman where everybody's just sick and tired of seeing the origin story when they get killed in that alleyway it all depends on how much time we spend with it like i didn't mind seeing it in batman i think they showed it in batman begins uh because i think richard brack was the guy that killed his parents and then they showed it in super slow motion in, in bvs and jeffrey d morgan played thomas wayne and that was a uh, that was all right but i'm actually glad they didn't do it i don't think they did it in matt reeves the batman and I, i'm 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 okay with that i don't have to always see that shit Like, this is, in all four Batman movies in the original series, this is the most psychological one, man. And that's another thing I feel like Joel Schumacher was going for. And we should have got way more of that. Whether the movie was, you know, two and a half to three hours long, I feel like we should have got what he wanted. Two-Face. He slaughtered that boy's parents. No. No, you said I. I killed him. He's like, Alfred, get the fuck out of my face. Don't tell me what I said. You do this every night, man. He's looking at the bat signal like, oh my god, is this Chase Meridian again? There's a Chris O'Donnell movie I'm thinking about right now, and I cannot figure out what it's called. Uh, I think it's him and Renee Zellweger or something like that. Is this a Robin? It's not Failure to Launch. Uh, that's Matthew McConaughey, I think. The brother's wire broke once. I swung out and grabbed him. My father said I was his hero. I flew in like a Robin. It's a little too spot on for me, but, okay. but your father was right. You are a hero, I can tell. This version of Alfred is always the most. He was always the most caring and warm-hearted. I feel like this version of Alfred made me feel. I think I'll just the best. I'm saying it like this motherfucker was taking care of me in in Wayne Manor or something like that. But I'm saying like I, this version of Alfred was was so kind, man. One day Robin will fly again. You know, uh Michael Caine's version was was kind of similar, but he was a little more stern, he was a little more blunt about how he got in, you know, got up and got up in Bruce Wayne's shit, man. Told him when he was fucking up and when you can't beat certain villains and when you need to just fall back. Then you got Jeremy Irons' version who was kind of more of a grease monkey where he was fixing things, building things, he was hands-on, really hands-on. Andy Serkis's version of Alfred, I I don't I don't remember what I'd said about him in my commentary for the Batman, but I just didn't emotionally feel the the, the bond between him and Bruce. 
Batman's like, hold up. A two face. Listen, Two Face's aim is terrible, and I swear, he just doesn't like all his goons are expendable. Who would want to work for this dude? And definitely was not Tommy Lee Jones in that scene. This is my fucking sinuses are the worst, and I hate that I'm sitting here sneezing on a commentary I'm trying to do for y'all. But even the alleyways are too well lit. Certain scenes are too well lit, man. It's just, oh god, man! It's just the the, sh the sh complete shift in tone is just one of the biggest faults of this movie for me, man. We're still gonna have a good time, but I'm just saying, man. God damn! Everything's gotta be obnoxiously green or obnoxiously red or obnoxiously blue, and then you know it, it's not until we get to the next movie where Joel Schumacher just went fucking bonkers, like. Y'all remember the Crayola box? I'm talking about the deluxe box of crayons back in the day with the built-in sharpener in the back of it. You had they, they had colors in there that you didn't even know existed that they just made up in the Crayola board meetings and shit. That's what Joe Schumacher injected into that next movie. Everything was just over the top in the next one, whereas in this one... It's it's more over the top than the last two, but there is still there's still a shade of darkness that this this movie has that makes it something to defend. Drew Barrymore. And Debbie Mazar. Now, I believe their names are Sugar and Spice. Charred heart of black boar, a side of raw donkey meat, and a sterno and grain alcohol straight up, baby! 
It's safe to say that Two Face literally has the best of both worlds. Drew Barrymore at this point, I think she had done Boys on the Side. Um, obviously, she had done E.T. I'm not sure exactly everything Drew Barrymore was in prior to this movie, but Debbie Mazar was in a lot. I think Debbie Mazar was in this movie with John Cusack before this. I can't remember what it was, but I remember it came on pay-per-view one time, and I probably was supposed to be watching it. It was something where Debbie Mazar was, I don't know if they were fucking or if they were just rolling around in bed, but she was like rubbing money all over herself. While she was naked. Hold on, let me see. Am I making this up? I feel like it's a repressed memory. It's a movie with Debbie Mazar. Okay, let's see here. There's a challenge. Sounds like a good idea. But have you thought it through? Magic bullets, a quick splash of blood, and then what? With hands. Post. Now we get um. You know, we get uh, Jim Carrey, the first look of Jim Carrey in the Riddler costume right here. Who the fuck wouldn't know that this is Edward Nigma? you know? You put eyeshadow on and a little a little cowl over the eyes. And a hat. And a different haircut. But I guess it's that thing where, you know, nobody knows Clark Kent is Superman, even though... Y'all, y'all know what I'm saying. Money for nothing is what the name of that movie was. Yep, her and John Cusack. I simply love what you've done with this place. Heavy metal meets house and garden. <laughs> I don't know how long it took Jim Carrey to practice with that with that staff that he walks around with, but he's a problem with that. And you gotta love that he's Edward Nigma is so appealing that he ends up stealing one of Two Faced girls. He ends up with Drew Barrymore at the at the the I was about to say the dance, whatever you call that thing. Has anybody ever told you you have a serious impulse control problem? And what's crazy, these two did not get it. I don't think it was Jim Carrey so much. It was Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones did not like Jim Carrey on the set of this movie. And I don't know if it was just competitiveness as far as acting goes. But Tommy Lee Jones told Jim Carrey, like, he's like, I can't stand you. I can't stand your buffoonery or whatever he said to him. Which is crazy because... You would think an OG like Tommy Lee Jones would be more inviting of somebody who was becoming a star, you know, just r- climbing the ladder to stardom like Jim Carrey. You will help me steal production capital so I can but, you know, a movie just results in, and become Gotham's I guess, the, one villain trying to out-villain the other one. But Tommy Lee Jones, like, I'm sorry, man, as great as an actor as he is. Jim Carrey's the showstopper. He Who always will be. Batman. Hmm. You have plugged into our hideout. <laughs> you have violated the sanctity of our lair. For this, we should crush your bones into powder. However, you pose a most interesting proposition. Therefore, 
I don't even think that was in the script. <laughs> the script supervisor was looking like, he's not supposed to say that. That's really Tommy talking to Jim. Leave that bastard dick. I'll attend to it. <clears throat> I'm not used to being waited on now. What you say about my dick? Now Al Alfred just came over and put his hand on his shoulder, like, all right now, that's that's enough. You don't have you, you don't have to wash clothes like this, but I'm not gonna lie, I thought this was the coolest thing ever when I was a kid. I said, Oh, I can't wait till I learn how to wash my own clothes at this point. <laughs> Alfred's like this kid is insane. Hey, Show me how to punch a guy. It's dirt simple, my boy. Ball up the fist, reach way back, and assert yourself. Damn. Why would they just stand? Why they just stand in there like that? Oh God, man! <laughs> Why does the Riddler had a tiara on his head? Yo. Another robbery perpetrated by the city's green-suited menace, resulting in millions in diamonds stolen with no sign of Batman. Teamed with Two-Face. Poor Bruce is just stressed. He's like, man, I can't even enjoy my time at home without seeing this on the news. Apparently, you and Batman have a common enemy. That was with the Morning Mail. Whoa. Eight of us go forth, not back, to protect our king from, from a foe's attack. Edward Nigma's got bars, man. If he's got anything, he got them bars. Edward Nigma, his riddles are better bars than probably 90% of mainstream rapper shit today. May I help you, Master Grayson? How come this is the only locked door around this museum? That's none you of your goddamn business. Master Wayne's dead wives. <laughs> the silver closet on your way. Now you Nigma Tech. That didn't take long. Nigma Tech brings the joy of 3D entertainment into your living room. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you my vision. The box in every home in America. And one day the world. He's gonna get that one reporter like, isn't that an hourglass? That poor dog. <laughs> the dog is. There's hardly a home without the Nicotech box. Critics have claimed the box turns Gothamites into zombies. But Edward Nigma just shrugs. You know, in a way, this whole Nigma Tech idea, the brainwaves things, was a little bit ahead of his time. Riddler and Two Face are just basically getting high off of this this thing they keep putting on their forehead. Now, I, I did talk about how obnoxious the color scheme is for this movie, but all the green that's surrounding Edward Nigma's lair, this this structure that he's put together in like two days, uh, I like it. Fits the character really well. Master Dick? 
Just, can you? Just, I was about to say, can you just call him D? But that ain't. That's not any better. All right, Ethan Hunt. They should have just played a dent, 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 dent. Like you just. Come on, man. And now for Dr. Bill. <laughs> He's looking like Alfred, you're Batman. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you, if I was staying there and found the Batcave, like, I'm, I'm going to keep quiet. But when he leave, I'll be talking again. No, uh, if I found the Batcave, if I was staying there, I I don't know. Like, I would have to figure out how to tell Bruce that I saw it. Clinical intuition. I thought your dreams might need changing. I'm not about to be his partner in crime, though. It's a hell of a bomb to drop on her. She's like, are we still going to dinner? Or? We've got reservations at 8 and it's 7.58. Bruce, you're describing repressed memories. Images of a forgotten pain that's trying to surface. Wait, I'll be right back. You know, I don't feel like, uh, you know, I, I, I do give Val Kilmer credit. I, I like him as Bruce Wayne. I feel like he's a very underrated portrayal of Bruce Wayne. And be that as it may, I don't think he has the charisma or the charm as Michael Keaton. The more that I watch Michael Keaton in Batman and Batman Returns, the more I feel like I made a mistake by Brandon Ben Affleck as my favorite Batman and Bruce Wayne. I feel like Ben Affleck balances that perfectly, but Michael Keaton, man, when he is Bruce Wayne, you know, like I was, I was when I was watching Batman Returns a couple, like however long ago it was. Why does a man do this? Bruce Wayne, when he meets Selena Kyle, the way he's just fumbling over his words, right after, you know, talking big boy shit to Max Shrek, like, he's all over the place, but he's so together about it, if that makes any sense. You know, like, that moment where he's talking to Selena Kyle, and he's like, uh, I'm tempted, and she's like, I'm listed, and he says, um, what, what, what the fuck does he say? They keep doing these two-word responses. She says, I'm listed. He says, I'm tempted. She says, I'm working. And the elevator's closing. He's like, I'm leaving. Like, he's so in, in shambles, but he keeps, his shit to, he keeps his shit in line in a way where, like, Michael Keaton is just that guy on screen, man. Y'all gonna speak up? 
you, sir. I have some rather distressing news about Master Dick. What is he all right? I'm afraid Master Dick has uh, gone traveling. Oh, that's right. He took the fucking Batmobile. I forgot all about this scene. The Jaguar. The other car. No, sir. The other car. Look how frustrated Alfred is. He's like, the other car, mother. He's like, if I have to tell him what car he took, I'm going to ruin your date tonight. And look how flappy and just corny those wings look when they hit that bump I do like to look at a Batmobile but is that D. Snyder Captain Howdy from Strangeland over there to the left of the screen real quick that's exactly who that looked like excuse me In Vogue! That was the chick from In Vogue! I swear that was her. That's her! This always bothered me. Like, they just randomly chasing this girl for no reason at all. And you let that guy borrow your voice modulator, apparently. This is where I don't mind the color. And this is when we find out Dick Grayson is, like, certified badass. He can throw down. Hey. Too goddamn big for a roundhouse kick. He knew better. He knew better. Come on, run. Wait. Doesn't Batman ever kiss the girl? Go. Thanks. Changed her life. I could definitely get into the superhero gig. <laughs> now you in over your head, bruh. So you got just a neighborhood full of people who. You know, beat the shit out of people in the alleyway with glow sticks. <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of them. That's a dope shot of Batman right there. Batman's like, check out this glide. I just worked on it. Just worked on it. Superhero landing. Boom. There we go. Oh, go cry about it, kid. If Bruce Wayne could have given his life to your family, he would have. I know, because I'm him. All I can think about every second of the day is getting Two-Face. He took my whole life. 
When I was out there tonight, I imagined it was him that I was fighting. Ain't no way I'm walking across that. Like, why, why is there nothing below that platform? Do you understand? Like, what if you slip? Like, Batman never came back into the Batcave drunk and just slipped off of that thing? And when we do, I'm the one who kills him. So you're willing to take a life? As long as it's Two-Face. I wonder what was Val Kilmer's like. What was the direction he was given by Joel Schumacher? Like, I, I need to know. Was he you told to, to be similar to Michael Keaton's version? Was he told to take as many liberties as possible? And he just like I don't know. He does seem like an extension of what Michael Keaton was doing, just not as good. Revenge has become your whole life, and you won't know why. You can't understand. Your family wasn't killed by a maniac. Yes, they were. We're the same. If we're the same, Bruce, help me. All right, train me. Let me be your partner. Help me, Val. No. I can't. You still have a choice. Look, Bruce, I'm a part of this, whether you like it or not. Oh god, it's just like a young boy, the younger sibling. Well, if you go out, I'm going too. And Alfred's like, Alfred's like, don't look at me. I can't do nothing. And tonight, all of Gotham society has turned out for Edward Nigma's gala unveiling. Gala, that's what it is. I think I called it like a Met Gala or something. I was, I mean, I was close. I was close. They'll be dining and dancing the night away on the glamorous roof of the Ritz Gotham. Okay, uh, who hired the band? First of all, they're playing music fresh out of the Adams Family gathering, and they just look ridiculous. Can I get a drink first? Damn! Fucking TMZ running up to me over here. Bruce! Can we ask you a million questions? Damn. Congratulations. Great party. Nice suit. Wait. Good. I like moments like this where either the heroes or the hero and the villain they meet face to face when they're out of costume i love that shit man one of the best moments you know since we're watching a dc movie damn ladies and gentlemen um since we're in it you know we're doing a dc movie now and it is batman one of my favorite exchanges with two of these larger than life characters that are not in costume is Batman versus Superman when Bruce Wayne meets Clark Kent at that event and they just are having like a you know they're just sparring with words pretty much you know he's like civil civil liberties are being trampled people living in fear Mr. Wayne and, and 
And Bruce Wayne's like, uh, you know, he said, maybe it's just Gotham City and me. We just got a bad history with freaks dressed like clowns. And then they just have that brief stare down. That is one of the greatest moments ever, man. First of all, if I came there with you and you just accept another guy's dance invitation, then you can just leave with him. Fuck you both. Drew Barrymore, man, um, she's still relevant to me. I've always loved Drew Barrymore in everything she's in. You know, it doesn't always have to be Scream. You know, I, I particularly really enjoy her in Charlie's Angels. And it's not the fact that she's got, like, sex appeal in that movie. Uh, all three of the angels do in that film. But um, I love the fact that she's not afraid to be goofy in that movie. You know, she's not afraid to... Uh, you know, be silly in the midst of her whooping ass at some point. I loved her in Boys on the Side. Loved her in, um, I, I like her show, actually. I think Drew Barrymore's got one of the best, like, I, I don't watch it in the daytime, obviously, but when I get a chance to look at the reruns of, of her of her TV show, her TV show is great. Let me see what else Drew Barrymore was in, because I, I feel like I'm forgetting something that was very important. Oh, God. Here we go. Two-Face just... Even Nigma's looking like, oh, my God. Who invited this dude? No, no, Fifty first dates I actually did see. Uh, yeah, me and the missus watched that. She wanted to watch it, and I I thought it was going to get a little ridiculous, but I I enjoyed it. I did. I forgot she was in the wedding singer. Never been kissed. I haven't seen. Uh, the original Firestarter. I have not seen either. Yes, <laughs> Jesus. go <laughs> what <laughs> what is up with that dude 
he just screamed out of nowhere. He's like, ah! That reminds me of the guy who was the super snitch in Batman Returns. Do y'all remember when, when the Ice Princess fell off the rooftop? And that one dude in the audience, they do the close-up of him. He's like, Batman, push the princess! Fucking hate that dude. Emergency, Alfred. <laughs> Batman pushed the princess. It's like, how did you know, motherfucker? <laughs> God, I don't think there's an extra in a Batman movie I hate more than that guy that said Batman pushed the princess. I'm telling y'all. God. So, to hell with Bruce Wayne, huh? Yeah, she need she need to change her draws right now. I do like the suit, man. I gotta say, again, I like Batman's suit. Could never be a superhero yo like especially like batman who doesn't have any superpowers because uh, i'm terrified of heights i don't care what gadgets i can make or lucius fox can make or a version of alfred can make nah oh that's right they sent him to his doom pretty much Yeah, they were definitely going to kill Batman in the scene for sure. Oh, that's right. He turns himself into aluminum foil pretty much. Vacuum sealed. This was some spawn stuff right here. Yo, that that shot of Batman running through the fire? He's like, oh, you thought? Now, how did Robin know where he was at? Robin's like, I, I stuck this GPS up your ass while you were sleeping, man. That's how I found you. You're welcome. <laughs> Batman looks so frustrated. <laughs> what the hell did you think you were doing? You got a real gratitude problem, you know that? Person? Yeah, say thank you. I need a name. Batboy, Nightwing. I don't know. What do you think? What's a good sidekick name? How about Dick Grayson, college student? Screw you. <laughs> I just saved your life. You owe me. 
were totally out of control. His earring is really bothering me. You're looking at your new partner. No. Bruce, whenever you go out at night, I'll be watching. And wherever Batman goes, I'm going to be right beside him. I mean, how are you going to stop me? I can stop you. Even Robin had to shut up. He's just like, all right, yeah, all right, maybe you can whoop my ass. But you ain't gonna. He he looked at him like, yeah, you ain't gonna beat my ass in front of Alfred, right? And you're encouraging him. Young men with a mind for revenge need little encouragement. They need guidance. That is. You above all should know the consequences of the life you choose. Right, Alfred's like, look, man, I'm. 88 years old. Like, what, what, what can I do? When Chase calls being Batman a curse. Perhaps the lady is just what the doctor ordered. She seems lovely and wise. Never been in love before, Alfred. Go to her. Tell her how you feel. She wants Batman, not Bruce Wayne. Let the lady decide. Hmm? <laughs> That's like saying, you know... Let Laura Winslow decide if she wants Steve Urkel or Stefan Urkel. Fuck you. You want to date better? Oh, shit, I'm not gonna lie. Nicole Kidman laying in that sheet like that. Now is she dreaming, or did he really show up at her crib like that? While she is draped ever so elegantly in that sheet that's made of Egyptian cotton. Is this is this really happening or is she dreaming? I don't remember. He's like, it's okay, I've got a rubber. <laughs> He's like, so I put this fucking costume on for nothing? I guess a girl has to grow up sometime. <sighs> Women are so indecisive. Ladies, I'm sorry, but y'all... You want Batman. Your, your kink is rubber suits and pointy ears and capes and utility belts and shit. Meanwhile, Bruce Wine... Bruce Wine. Bruce Wayne is whining and dying her ass at circus events and Met Galas and shit like that saving her life and then when he finally gives her what she wants batman she's just like i think a girl has to grow up well that's when you just tell her you're bruce wayne because i've been like listen man you pick one i'm not gonna keep putting this suit on for you damn y'all just just never fucking satisfied man jesus That's just what I said. <laughs> then I taught my doggy a new trick. How to map the human mind. It's a crack valve. Would you like to see what our old friend Bruce Wayne has in his head? Mm -hmm. Oh, this is when they, they figure out who he is. This was pretty interesting. Because so I think they're going to see like bats. Yeah, yep, yep. There it is. That is a great practical animatronic bat that they created for this movie. It's great. 
Go ahead. You can say it. You're a genius. <laughs> it's such a shame they really didn't get along on the set of this movie. Batman is no more. What? You can't just quit. I mean, there's monsters out there. Batman has protect innocent. No, not quite monsters. We didn't get that far yet. Like we didn't get like Man Bat or Clayface, which I am hoping we get at some point in the Matt Reeves movie. They, he, he, I think he debunked the rumors that we were going to get uh, was it Scarface or whatever the fuck that villain's name is, Clayface, and we were going to get a whole bunch. Clayface was one of the first ones that they said we were going to get in the in the new movie. Which I'm cool with, man. I'm ready for body horror in a Batman movie. In a grounded in reality Batman movie. I would love to see Clayface. I would love to see Man Bat. They said that Two-Face was rid- uh, rumored. I was about to say riddled to be in it. Uh, they said that Two-Face was rumored to be in the Matt Reeves, the new Batman sequel. I don't want to see Two-Face again. I'm tired of it. I didn't even want to see Joker. But Barry Keoghan... Uh, he was in like a deleted scene. Everything. Was he? I think he was in a deleted scene in uh in the Batman. But uh, you know, if Joker's locked up at Arco and Batman's got to keep going to, you know, like ask him about the villains and get clues from him and insight from him, that's fine. But I don't want Joker to be the main villain again. Like, can we get some new people? Like the only. The only villains I think that we've seen before that deserve to be rebooted, I wouldn't mind seeing Mr. Freeze again, uh, an upgraded version. I wouldn't mind seeing Poison Ivy, but other than that, like we've done Bane, we've done Joker, we've done the Riddler, we've done Two Face, we've done Catwoman. Like there are too many villains in the Batman universe for them to keep doing the same, play it safe ass characters. Like I'm tired of it. They even had fucking Calendar Man in a Batman fan film. He was like locked up in Arkham or something like that. I believe it was Calendar Man. I'm just like, well, I, I didn't even know who he was at first, but sure. Wanted to tell you. I wanted to tell you. Have a have a villain that maybe some people know and maybe some people don't, and it causes the people that don't know him to go back and look at the source material. Like, oh shit, they about to get crazy with this one. All my life, I have been, I've been attracted to a certain kind of man, uh, the wrong kind of man. And I mean, look at what I do for a living, right? Are you drunk? Since, since I met you, I, oh God, why am I so nervous? Oh. All right, now, you, now you're just, now you're just being clumsy and you're triggering my, my repressed memories. And don't eat too much tonight, or you'll be sick in your beds. My goodness, people, I see something. Uh, they are making a movie called Pinocchio Unstrung. It's from the same people that are doing Bambi the Reckoning. They're doing the Peter Pan horror movie. They did Winnie the Pooh. and Like, can we stop? 
can y'all stop? They got the Mickey Mouse shit coming. They did three blind mice. Like, stop. Because y'all not going crazy. Y'all can go crazy with these concepts. And it's just lazy filmmaking with a shit ton of gore. Like, I love gore just as much as the next person. But y'all not even trying to do anything outside of that. It's just stupid. Like, fuck a, you know, open domain Pinocchio horror movie. We already had that. Pinocchio's Revenge. Fuck out of here, man. And then the Mickey Mouse trailer. Mickey's Mouse Trap is what it's called, where Mickey Mouse is a slasher movie, or somebody with the helmet or the mask on is a slasher. Like, just stop. Goldilocks and the three bit. Like, they're doing all of this shit. Just cut it out, man. The Red Book. His journal. I was with it at first, but, you know, when I, I see what they're doing, you know, they're not even trying. And everybody's like, well, Blood and Honey, you know, they've got more money to make it, so this, you know, part two will be good. No. No, it won't. It won't. That Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey shit, if y'all have not seen it, it is terrible. It's awful. Awful. And I watched it, I was like, this has the potential to be insane. And they didn't do anything with it. And if Bruce Wayne would have fallen that far into the Batcave, he, he would have broke his legs. Or at least snapped an ankle. But that, I'm telling you, man, that blood and honey shit, they even had the audacity for people that don't like Halloween kills. Go back and appreciate the sequence where Michael Myers killed everybody in the town at the end because they directly ripped that off in Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I even watched the mean one, and I'm glad I didn't do commentary for it because that was terrible too. David Howard Thornton is fine in the, in the movie as, as the Grinch, and he puts his own little nuances to the character, but it's just, it's, ter- it's, it's not good. It's not even guilty pleasure worthy for me. That bat looks terrifying. I'm not gonna hold y'all. I think I've seen bats once in my life. Uh, me and my homie that lived out in uh, Trevo's, me and my homie Jonesy were at his crib for the weekend, man. Recipe shout out to my boy Jonesy. But we were at his, uh, our homie's crib for the weekend out in Trevo's, out in like the county. And well, I don't know if you consider it county suburbs, whatever. Um, but it was one of those moments like Indian Jones and Temple of Doom where Willie was like, What big birds? And he's like, Those aren't birds, they're bats. These bats flew right over our heads while we were riding our bikes. She recognizes the kiss, she knows who he is. Twig or twig. Oh, damn. And then just threw Alfred in the closet. Remember the plan. Seize and capture. I see what you did there. If I was a superhero, where would I have? They bought the tear this crib up man they ran in there just as loud as the remember the guys in the the original batman movie (laughs) after uh joker gay that guy the hand buzzer all his goons ran in there and they were just like "Ah, ah," like screaming for no reason
Whoa, that was a nice stunt right there. Okay, Bruce. You know, it's always risky introducing a tamed animal into the wild. I remember seeing this for the first time as a kid. And I was kind of sad. Like, it was like that Power Rangers moment where Tommy, you know, it took Tommy like five episodes to finally be stopped. But, you know, the, the Zordon's command center was all fucked up. The, the Megazord was fucked up. Like, when they come in here and trash Wayne Manor and the Batcave, like, I was just like, wow, this is, this is rough to watch. Batmobile. You are foul, bruh. Okay, okay, now that one that one goon, you didn't have to fall down the railing like that, bruh. And I remember seeing that part, I was like, holy shit, I said he shot Batman in the head? That's right. If you kill him. What does he say? He won't learn nothing. I feel like Tommy Lee Jones could have put way more into that laugh throughout the course of this movie, man. Like, it's just not. I just don't buy it at all. And this was a movie where, you know, as goofy as it is, through all of his flaws, there's stakes here. You know, Dick Grayson's parents were killed in the in the beginning. Batman got shot in the head like there are you know Alfred got fucked up and thrown in the closet when the goons you know answered the door or when they came to the door there's high stakes here uh, believe it or not how are you young man that's something that should be in every Batman movie like people's lives should be at stake because um, a lot of people died in the first Batman, you know, whether Joker shot him or had poison as gas in the museum or on the street. The Penguin killed the Ice Princess and Catwoman killed Max Shrek. Like, lives are at stake, man. Like the jacket? 
It keeps me safe when I'm jogging at night. Batman will come for me. Where are you plugged in at? Batman? Batman, you say? Coming for you. I'm counting on it. Now, see, if I ever wore an electronic robe like that, y'all would clown me. But because Edward Nigma does it, it's cool, huh? That was cool, too, how to, uh, how his fortress formed a question mark over the bat symbol. That was dope. You'll find us all in a tennis court. In A-E-I-O-U. Vowels. Not entirely unclever, sir, but what do a clock, a man... Chess pawns and vowels have in common. What do these riddles mean? Every riddle has a number in the question, and they arrived in this order. 13, 1, 8, and 5. 13, 1, 8, and 5. What do they mean? Perhaps letters of the alphabet? Of course, 13 is M. 1 would be A, 8 would be H, and 5 would be E. M-A-H-E. Perhaps 1 and 8 are 18. 18 is R-M-R-E. Meals ready to eat. Mr. E. Mystery. And another name for mystery. Enigma. Mr. E. Uh, I see what they did there. I was unsure of where they were going with this, even though I've seen this movie a thousand times. You really are quite bright. Um, but that was that was that was a great that was a really well written and well executed moment right there. But you haven't tested it Tonight's a good night. Yes, it is. Hey, did you have to show his ass? Fire ass suit again. Fire ass Batman suit. Regardless of how you feel about the movie, that suit is popping. Why not both? The fuck invited you. Now I'm not gonna lie. Who's your tailor? <laughs> Given the tone of this movie, that Robin suit was fire too. What's that stand for? Robin. Riddler and Two Face can make a pretty lethal combination. I figured you could use a hand. Two against two are better odds. I can't promise I won't kill Harvey. A man's gotta go his own way. A friend told me that. Great fucking scene. Just a friend. A partner. A partner. Goddamn right, man. Let's get it. That shit got me hyped. She got me a little choked up right now, man. I'm not gonna lie. That shit took me back to the childhood, people. Because, like, like I'm, I'm telling y'all, man flaws and all there is some really cool shit this movie has to offer and some really great moments man i cannot take that away from this film i can't and it's not just the sake of nostalgia and i saw this as a kid and there's a lot of movies i saw as a kid that i thought were the best thing ever and then you get older and you watch them and you see just how bad they were batman and robin's one of them mortal kombat annihilation's another one um but this one i feel like the the strengths of it are legit you know, he kept it real with him in that moment. He said, I cannot, I can't promise you I, I, I won't kill Harvey. Wait a Wait a and Batman just accepted it. Oh, 
right through the sign. So did the bat boat come with instructions or or, or like like wh where's the manual because Robin just automatically knows how to drive that shit A14 What is the What is the prep time that the Riddler had to build all of this stuff? He just built his own battleship game. His own board game. I feel like if you question one thing, you gotta question everything in a comic book movie, so let's just leave it at what it is. Damn, Robin, Robin didn't even get a feel for the bat boat before he blew out of it. Wait, where the hell did Rob? Is he still in the air? Like, when he hit eject? Oh, no, he's underwater. Oh. Oh, that's right. These assholes got harpoons and such. This is your captain speaking. Please return to your seats. We will be experiencing turbulence. <laughs> Jeez. I hope they can find a little black box. Love the detachable wings on that thing. This always scared the hell out of me. The fact that Batman just shot them with a net and left them underwater like that. Oh no, I mean, well, they were able to get to the surface, but... like oh uh don't ever say that again now look look at robin climbing climbing this shit like he's in nick you know like he's on uh what's that show nickelodeon guts do y'all remember nickelodeon guts i feel like i've asked this question before man but that show had kids really going through the ringer like really <laughs> showing their athleticism i feel like you had double dare which was the silly one you had Legends of the Hidden Temple, which was a little more intricate, and then you had Nickelodeon Guts. 
now you got things like the floor is lava and wipeout i swear i would go on i would go on at least one of those shows depending on how deep the water is because i can't swim Here we go. Beat that ass. That was definitely a superhero shot right there, Robin. They had they have the extra sound effects. Was he having an under siege moment? I'll see you in hell, sonny boy. You're a man after our own hearts, son. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> oh, he is having an under siege moment. I think he was the villain in the first under siege. Now this was BS because I'd rather see you in jail. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's that Rick Grimes I could kill Negan right now but I'm not going to because I forgive him moment, like no man, no, hell no nope exactly, ain't no way he should have let him there's no way he should have let him live Got the pack boosters on his boots. <laughs> he just ascended from the the perfect spot, huh? Look at Jim Carrey's hair. Like, he got that fucking, uh, when nature calls, Equinsu Ocha hairstyle. Let's get real. Release Chase. This is between you and me. And me. And me. Okay, all right, sir. We get it. Whoa, I, okay. He, I thought he was about to start going in on the Riddler. Like, you betcha. Soon my little box will be on countless TVs around the world. That's what she said. Credit card numbers, bank codes, sexual fantasies, and little white lies. Into my head. Speaking of which, that is one thing they dialed down on in this movie was the sexual innuendo. For if knowledge is power. Because I'm telling you, man, like in that second movie, the penguin and, and, and you know, he he's just he's wild all by himself. Was that over the top? I can never tell. <laughs> okay. By the way, I've seen your mind freak. Yours is the greatest riddle of all. Can Bruce Wayne and Batman ever truly coexist? We'll find out today! But first, let's meet our contestants! <laughs> <laughs> 
That's when he should have asked Chase, like, oh, you, you, you wanted, you wanted Bruce, right? When I got this suit on, you ain't want me, right? Batman's one and only partner. This acrobat turned orphan likes Saturday morning cartoons and dreams one day being bare naked with a girl. <laughs> he put his business out there. So I'm restrained, encapsuled, and I'm gonna drown? Yeah, I'm gonna pass out before he you know before he even lets us out of that thing. <sighs> Y'all ever hold a sneeze in? <sighs> I feel like your brain is gonna explode. Got him. Really? Piqued his interest. Tell me. I see without seeing. Oh me, boy. Darkness is as clear as daylight. <laughs> this is what, yeah, he about to throw. <laughs> this shot was crazy of him Please. throwing that shit. <coughs> exactly. Batman had enough. He said, here, man, let me cover my eyes. Man, fuck you. <laughs> he threw this shit out. I love that shot, man. I love the shot of Batman throwing it, the Batarang, and I love the shot of it flying towards that glass. Because he was sick of it, man. He's like, yo, enough riddles, enough monologues. I'm tired. I just want to save my peoples and get back home. I'm telling you, I would have passed out on the way down. Now, I wouldn't have been... Robin is awfully calm. I wouldn't have been able to scream because, you know, I would have been... My mouth would have been taped, but I'm... I'm telling you, I would have been fucking screaming through that tape. <laughs> my eyes would have bulged out. Oh, that was cool. I'm telling you, man, I would have been going through it. Well, Robin's his head. Well, oh yeah, because he, you know, he did the little Power Ranger move where he, he, I don't know, but his tape's not on anymore. But I'm telling you. If my mouth was taped and he caught me at the bottom, I still would have been crying. Screaming like... 
I sound like fucking Gideon from, uh, you know, Gideon's pawn shop owner from The Crow, <laughs> where he stabbed him in the hand and covered his mouth, and he's like, <laughs> damn, I was about to say The Crow would be a good commentary to do for y'all, but I think I, I think I did the first one. Maybe I'll do City of Angels. That is another. Listen, if we're talking forever defending, City of Angels is on there. People unfairly judge uh, City of Angels, man. It's, it, the first one cast a big shadow, but the second one is not as bad as people have made it out to be over the years. Good riddance. Now, it was kind of like that look of, of disappointment but satisfaction on Robin's face. Because he wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill him himself. But he kind of was like, okay, I'm, I'm satisfied with the fact that he's gone altogether, but... This is always the, like, this look right here is the Riddler I, I wish we could have seen in a sequel. Just him and Arkham just completely dismantled. Nick was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, 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 he got the right idea because I would have, that's how I would have reacted had I seen that bat too. The hell is he doing? Albert Einstein cosplay? It's an interesting looking character though. <clears throat> Wish he had got a bigger set of glasses. Edward. This was a cool looking sequence too. You remember me? Dr. Burton tells me you know who Batman is. Can we get a, a Batman movie that is just set solely in Arkham Asylum, for God's sakes? Let's get like James Wan or Lee Wan. No, not Lee Wan, but James Wan or some horror director to do it. <laughs> She's like, okay, Edward. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. He has lost it. But yeah, I really, I really want, it was a post I made years ago, all the characters I wanted to see Batman go up, I want him to be locked in Arkham Asylum, I was about to say Gartham Asylum, I don't know where the hell that is, I want him to be locked in Gotham, you know, Arkham Asylum, with the craziest Batman characters ever. I love that Malaysian dream doll. Thank you for giving me a dream. 
you know, for a Batman movie, this movie's pretty long. Like, I didn't notice the runtime, but I remember before I turned it on, I was like, damn, this is like two hours and like a little over two hours? Don't work too late. So what happened to her? Like, Batman never, like, he can never keep these women around. He never keeps them around. Oh, what an iconic shot, man. Batman and Robin side by side in front of the bat signal, and Robin has no signal. Well, he gets one in the next movie. Um, <laughs> whether he deserved that signal and whether he utilizes it well in the next movie, that is, um, that's up to y'all to decide. But people, um, we have lived to fight another day in Gotham City, and we have survived the riddles of Edward Nigma and the two-facedness, even though that's not a word, of Harvey Dent. Now, let's just get down to the nitty-gritty, people. I'm going to give this movie, like, watching this again, and, you know, like I said, I, I've, I've seen this movie thousands of times. I haven't sat through it all the way through before tonight uh, in, a, in quite a while. I've only watched bits and pieces just to, like, try, try to gear up for this. But I can definitely say getting this commentary out to y'all and watching this it's a different experience because I get to, as the movie goes along, drop little tidbits here and there and appreciate different things, call out different things for whatever bullshit they may bring on screen. I will definitely say that this is a um, <clears throat> this is a very compromised, but uh, yeah, I will forever defend it, man. Um, I, I feel like I've come to that conclusion, but this is a very compromised seven and a half out of ten for me as a Batman movie. Um, I'm rating this as a Batman movie. What keeps it from a 10 is the obvious. The shift in tone that Joel Schumacher and Warner Brothers gave this in comparison to the last two movies is disappointing. It's one of the most disappointing things about this movie next to the recasting um, of Bruce Wayne. I, I feel like there were a lot of people that didn't like the casting choice of Michael Keaton. Now, obviously, this was before the internet, but there was a lot of people that did not like the casting of Michael Keaton as Batman, and he turned out to be the best thing about the movie next to Jack Nicholson. Um, but to have him really find his footing in that second movie as the character, and then to recast him and get another director for the third, it just throws everything off, man. It fucks up the continuity. It fucks up the entire tone of those what those first two movies were leading up to. And it just makes me curious as to what Tim Burton was going to do with the third movie. But, but the bright spots in this movie are why I know this was not fully Joel Schumacher's fault. You know, the the next movie definitely wasn't his fault, but this one wasn't either. I strongly believe that. I believe that Warner Brothers wanted to differentiate themselves from, from, from those first two movies so much so that they just changed the whole tone of it, man. They made it more cartoonish. They made it more obnoxious. They made it brighter. Uh, they made it goofier. It can't be taken as seriously as the other two movies. Um, another thing that I, another reason I can't give this a, a ten out of ten is because, you know, I just said some things, but Tommy Lee Jones just like his his level of how just cartoonish he made Two Face brings the movie down for me. The more I watch it, the older I get. But like I said, man, the bright spots shine here, man. This movie is the most psychological of the four original batman movies and what joel schumacher had planned you know i love like i said i love the introduction of the malaysian dream doll of you know basically what looks like the man bat that's in bruce wayne's mind i love the fact that 
the whole manipulation of the brainwaves things was a little bit ahead of his time as far as the concept goes and i love that batman you know they introduced that rorschach and the first thing he sees is a bat and chase kind of looks at him like well you know you see what people see what they want on there why do you see bats and i like the introduction of um chris o'donnell i might not hold up well for some people i think that he was a he was a solid enough addition to become a sidekick in the third movie usually they usually they wait but it was cool jim carrey the birthday guy man he is the brightest spot of this entire movie man not, not to take away anything from val kilmer or what small moments Tommy lee jones was good not to take away the rest of the cast but jim carrey steals every scene he's in he doesn't even have to be dressed as the riddler he's just that good of a character actor that he's going to steal every scene that he's in and you're just going to have to keep up it's one of the reasons tommy lee jones didn't like him he probably just felt like jim carrey was more of a more of a presence on the set of the movie and i feel like if that's the case he should have just stepped his game up and played a better fucking villain for that matter and i'm mad that kiss from a rose just cut off in the middle of um in the middle of the caption uh the middle of the caption the middle of the outro credits whatever the hell i'm talking about maybe they manipulated my brain waves at some point people but yeah man uh there, there's a lot of cool things going for this movie and if it was up to me we would get the schumacher cut tonight or tomorrow i don't know what the holdup is for it i think kevin smith said that he has seen the schumacher cut and it's like i don't know if it was like almost three hours long or so but i would watch it you know i would watch it man because it's nothing like uh hearing that a director came in with his own vision and then the studio's like I, 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 nope we got to put these hands in the pot and we got to have all these cooks in the kitchen and maybe we'll let you get a shot at what you want to do next time but let us do what we want to do with your property and your vision this time and they didn't even let him do what he wanted to do the next time around man because they fucked his movie over even worse the next time around but I'm glad that Joel Schumacher still got a half decent Batman movie under his belt, man. Uh, he can he can rest easily, you know, wh wherever he is, he can rest easily knowing that he did one solid Batman movie that people like me can look back on and try to appreciate, man. Because it's not all bad, it's not. Um, and yeah, I think this definitely qualifies for forever for a uh, forever defending edition. Now when we get into territory like i said i'll tell y'all again man if y'all want that batman and robin commentary it's gonna have to be like beer's not gonna do man i'm telling y'all it's gonna have to be like some some gin or some vodka for that shit i, I would say rum but rum ain't gonna kick in fast enough but yeah man um it's a seven and a half out of ten it's a compromise seven and a half out of ten but enough that i can say that i will forever defend uh batman forever man um you know all pun intended people but y'all already know where to go man and if y'all don't y'all can follow the podcast on spotify itunes google podcast apple podcast overcast pocket cast breaker radio public podbean and podcast addict shout out spotify for podcasters follow me on facebook instagram and tiktok from arrow tutor shout out to the facebook movie group the cinemaniacs and last but certainly not least, shout out to the two, the reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there. Definitely more. Listen, there's more commentary to come. And I did not plan on doing this, but I was like, I need to do a throwback movie of some kind. I actually said this to myself yesterday and the day before. And I was like, I want to do some type of throwback in the midst of me catching up on everything new and everything that I missed out on last year. But it just so happened it was Jim Carrey's birthday today. And I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to do this Batman Forever commentary for a long time, so what better time than now to do it? I almost did um, almost did Sonic 2. 
almost did Sonic 2, but I said, nah, I, I, I don't I don't know if I want to have that much fun with it. I said, let me just get this, this you know, this uh, Batman Forever commentary out the way, and I'll just let Sonic 2, uh, you know, happen when it happens, people. But there is more commentary to come. I gotta, I, got, I have to catch up on all the new shit. It just so happens all the, the stuff that I've been doing is stuff that's kind of been popping up on the radar. Uh, I know I said this before, I did not expect to do leave the world behind i did not expect to do um i god damn i can't even remember the last couple commentaries i did people i think i'm losing it i'm losing it i need to hit up my man edward enigma people but y'all already know the love is poor y'all show me i show it back to y'all tenfold and then some so with that being said people yours truly romero tutor another episode of tutor reviews in the can i'll check y'all on the next one